for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star. Are you are the party starts now? Well, welcome, power partners. It's Star Style time. This is our informational playground. Star Style, be the star you are. We're brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity, and we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I'm your host for today and every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., and I am thrilled to be with you. We've got a wonderful show for you today. And uh, we want you just to keep tuned in and uh, turn up the volume because we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, Coming up in segment two, I have Dr. Sandra Cavallo-Miller with her book, Where Light Comes and Goes. And this is a very exciting um, novel. It's an actual science-based medical adventure. And her novels uh, just brim with uh, very accurate medicine, science, and geology. And this one's taking place in Yellowstone National Park as well as the Grand Canyon. So it's very, it's very exciting. Um, lots of intrigue, and we'll be talking all about that. In segment three, when the world finally returns to normal with or without a vaccine, pundits are predicting that the year will probably be 20. 2024. So we're going to be looking at the long shadow of this pandemic and what it's going to take to recover from the political, social, economic, and psychological trauma. There really isn't an early exit from all the pain and suffering, but we're going to find out what to expect. And right now, the presidential election is over with a historical win for Biden-Harris. We need to unite our country, heal the divide, because character matters. We all matter. And um, we need to reach out with hope for a healthy and happy future. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And this is from Seamus Haney. Uh, He's a a Northern Ireland theater company uh, personality, and he wrote this. History says don't hope on this side of the grave. But then, once in a lifetime, the longed-for tidal wave of justice can rise up, and hope and history rhyme. Well, with that, we have a new chapter in history was written this past weekend as of Sunday afternoon, uh, Joe Biden had received 76 million votes, the most votes ever cast in a presidential election since the beginning of our um, United States of America. Donald Trump received 70.8 million votes, and that is the second most votes cast, according to the Associated Press. Support for the two candidates was split along very stark lines based on race, age, income, geography, religion, and other factors. 
And our California Senator Kamala Harris um, will be breaking that 244-year ceiling shattering barrier when she becomes the first elected female vice president of the United States on Inauguration Day. She's also the first black vice president, the first of Indian descent, a daughter of immigrants, and she evidently brought in a lot of the Asian and South Asian vote. So that, there were joyful celebrations erupted around the country, confirming that America was ready for change and stability. Although the Trump administration is not conceding anything, and the fat, fat past four years have been divided, like no other time since the Civil War, it's really been a time of unpredictability, chaos, civil unrest, rising white supremacy, climate change denial, and wall building. And 2020, as we know, brought the COVID-19 pandemic, unemployment, protests, depression, and death. And the cap the campaign was incredibly vitriolic and self, um, very stress-inducing. But with a new inclusive administration position to take charge, it's time to heal the wounds, soothe the pain, and reach across to our opponents. It's not going to be easy or swift, but I am encouraged by the fact that President-elect Joe Biden has already chartered a course for policy changes and named a coronavirus task force. And he also pledged to unify the country and to be a president for all the people. He said, um, and this is quotes, with the campaign over, it's time to put the anger and the harsh rhetoric behind us, come together as a nation. It's time for America to unite and to heal. And the work ahead of us is going to be hard, but I promise you this, I will be a president for all Americans, whether you voted for me or not. I will keep the faith that you have placed in me. And I really appreciated that because we are the United States of America, not the divided states of America the way it has felt. As challenging as the issues are that divide us, we can work together to build a better future. And there isn't any place for revenge or toxic politics or negative rhetoric. Our hope resides in bipartisanship, reaching across that aisle in solidarity for the greater good for all. And in these uncertain times, history has been recorded. It's never been more important to be actively involved and civically engaged. And the power to make positive community changes and connect people to one another is within each of us. So with faith, with hope, with empathy, we can heal the past to create a new vision of possibilities that will ensure safety and success for every individual. Because, as I said, character matters, truth matters, science matters, integrity matters. We all matter. So I want to extend congratulations to our 46th president and our first woman vice president ever. The American people are trusting in you and your cabinet. Please lead us with dignity, decency, and grace. We really need that now. We are a team, T-E-A-M. And as you all know, that means together, everyone achieves more. I suggest that the color for 2021 is purple. Let's all breathe. <laughs> so blessings and gratitude and healing for all. Now, sheltering with Mother Nature, I saw a bumper sticker that said, too blessed to be stressed. And I thought, hey, 
that's exactly what we need right now. So are you feeling more in touch with Mother Earth as we near the beginning of uh, almost nine months of stay-at-home mandates because of COVID-19? Where, where I live, we had gone to yellow. Then we, had, we went back up to orange. Now we're back in red, bordering on purple. So it's no wonder that people are feeling antsy and stressed and out of sorts. But retreating to our landscapes was initially a salve to the pain of the coronavirus, to the social unrest and to the political nastiness as we encountered improved air quality, quieter skies and increased bird activity. Then, of course, here in California, the fires arrived, bringing choking smoke, scorching heat, black ash and an additional layer of frazzle to our daily lives multiplied because we were unable to spend time in our gardens or outdoors for any reason. The same thing happened on the East Coast with the, the hurricanes. But in normal times, I work in the garden daily, and it's really an extension of my home. It's a serene yet a wild place where I can be most creative and 100% myself. And I think I expressed last week on the show how I had 10 yards of manure <laughs> delivered to my house, which I started shoveling because I felt like the stink of uh, manure was better than the political smell that was out there. And uh, I have it almost all in my garden right now. So every single morning I walk through my property. I usually have a mug of Java in my hand and I give thanks for the beauty, the solitude and the bounty of what I call my magical oasis. Getting my hands in the dirt and in the manure, it actually soothes my soul. I lose track of time as I weed, prune, trim, fertilize, water, and bite into a crunchy apple straight off the tree, just as I did today. After I fed the chickens and the goats and the pigs, I went and I picked apples, and then I just sat on a bench and watched the squirrel eating a guava that he or she picked up. Sitting on um, sitting on an oak tree, um, it's amazing how they can just climb straight up and they it seems like they fly they're not really but they're jumping from tree to tree so i come up with the best ideas for my books my columns my radio shows and my lectures when i'm out in the garden and before they float away with the wind i have to race to write down my thoughts i just uh, came out with uh, my latest um garden article which is about the foliage, the turning of the leaves. So if you want to read that, you can go to CynthiaBryan.com and click on uh, gardening and you'll see gardening articles. Now, as a fire prevention strategy, I had cleared the brush and the understory plants from my creeks um, when the air was permitting, when it was smoky before. And if you live near any open space, hills or creeks, Right now, it's too late to um, to actually clear using any kind of mechanical uh, a, a mechanical equipment because you don't want to have sparks because it is still fire season here. But you can, you know, if you can do it manually to remove dead limbs and brush, that would be great because we probably have a, still a month um, of fire season. And leave a couple of small brush piles as habitat for owls. Owls dine on a smorgasbord of voles, mice, rats, and other rodents that wreak havoc in the garden. And a family of owls can devour several thousand rodents during the nesting season, with the young eating as many as four a night. 
add a nesting box 15 feet off the ground to a branch of an older tree, and then you can invite owls into your landscape and you won't have to use any harmful poisons. Plus, I just love their hooting sounds. I find it very, very calming. So since sheltering in nature might be uh, tough sometimes, I find uh, and when I find myself exhausted or jittery or tef, uh, you know, tense and, or concerned for the future of our country and our planet, I just have to get out into nature. So let's shelter with Mother Nature. Here are just a few things you can do to release stress, feel energized and rebalanced. Tap into the sounds of nature on your favorite radio network. You can listen to the trickling of a creek, the rushing of a river, the pounding of the ocean waves, or just tune in to cooing doves or whistling cockatiels. Nature sounds quiet our beating hearts and quiet, um, quiet our blood pressure as well. Create a bedtime spray that's going to alter your emotional and physiological mood. I gather fragrant rose petals and lavender in a glass jar. I pour uh, boiling water over the petals. I cover it, let it sit in the sun like a sun tea. It makes a floral tea. I add a couple of drops of alcohol. I put the concoction in a sprayer and I spray my pillow before going to bed because lavender alleviates tension. The fragrance of roses stimulates your immune system and you'll sleep soundly. Jasmine does a, is a great one, too, and it mitigates anxiety. And bergamot will increase positivity while reducing your stress. So think about those things. And eat fresh. If you have a garden, this is the time to finish harvesting all the things that are in there. You're going to feel so much better. And pick a bouquet of fall-blooming flowers like black-eyed Susan or echinacea to lessen anxiety or just a small branch of a pistache or or Japanese maple with all the pretty colors on the leaves. I've added a small desktop fountain to my office because watching the movement of the water and hearing the tinkling helps bring the outdoors in when I have to be on my computer. And look at photos of nature. Everywhere I go, I snap pictures of nature scenes that inspire me. And when I'm feeling blue, I check out the green. Um, you can place a pot of mums on your patio porch or balcony to admire through the window. And despite what is happening, the coronavirus is not going to go away, despite what our current leader says. So we must continue to listen to the scientists, heed the warnings of the medical establishment who have the training to understand these dire circumstances. The pandemic does not favor a political party. It recognizes no boundaries. We have to be vigilant, diligent, savvy, and continue to wear masks, employ social distancing, wash our hands, shelter in place as much as possible. So we do all um, live in a beautiful country and we are indeed too blessed to be stressed. So I wish you peace, tranquility, and good health as we all heal together. Savor a sunset and happy growing. Well, when we come back from break, I am very excited to introduce you to Dr. Sandra Cavallo Miller where her book, Where Light Comes and Goes, we're going to go to Yellowstone and the Grand Canyon, and we're going to have a rompous scientific medical adventure. Stay with me. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are. The star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, we are back. You're listening to us live on the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. As promised, pioneers on the planet, I have with me Dr. Sandra Cavallo-Miller. She is a retired family physician. She had a very long career in academic medicine, and she writes medical novels about contemporary women doctors. We don't find very much of that in any kind of literature. She calls her genre science-based medical adventure, and she's also a poet and an essayist, and her work has been published in Pulse, Voices from the Heart of Medicine, Embark, Under the Sun, and JAMA, which, if you know the medical, it's the Journal of, of American Medical Association, among many others. And when you're, she's not writing, she's out hiking with her dog, or she's on a horse. I love that. Giddy up. And uh, her latest hobby that she studies is volcanology. She lives in Arizona. And the book we're going to be talking about is Where Light Comes and Goes. Dr. Sandra, welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you so much. Well, um, I think you're probably excited. We have a new sheriff in town. I bet the science community is celebrating. (laughs) The science community is very excited. And I do want to just um, repeat the words to um, underline the words that you gave right before the break about everyone being safe. The, The horrible numbers we're seeing right now is because we saw a dip in cases of coronavirus and we thought that that this was over. Scientists told us it was not, and um, we should have listened. We got loose again, and uh, unfortunately, we're paying the price, and we, we kind of have to start over again, and it can be done. It was done before Arizona had horrible numbers back in July. We were just doing terrible, and a mask mandate came out, and we went from being one of the worst to being one of the better states in the country. Oh, it's so it's so scary. The, the, I think the problem is, is that healing only works 
as you know, when the patient wants to be healed. And that is a, um, that's a big question out there. Some people just don't want to heed the message. They're following what the president says, that it's going around the corner. You know, it's around the corner, except for it's gone around the corner so many times. We're right back where we started, right? So, well, <laughs> yeah, whatever corner is going around is the wrong corner. It's um, the wrong corner, right. It's, that's exactly right. So, so, yes, we have to remember, everybody, please um, listen to Dr. Sandra here, too. Wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance, stay home if you possibly can. You know, we just have to be really, really careful. I know that I just um, was saying that where we are, we had gone back. I'm in California and we had gone down to yellow because which was is was pretty good um, because all the cases, you know, not all, but we were just limiting the cases. And of course, everything started opening up restaurants and the bars and gyms. And within one week, we were at orange. Within a couple of days, we were at red. And now we're on the we're on the cusp of red and purple. So everything is shutting down again. So we do have to get uh, we have to get this we, we have to get this under control before we can open the economy. I think there's just it's the only clear deal. Is that what you well, think? And the, and the, oh, absolutely. And the economy can be open, and most businesses can stay open, to tell you the truth, other than the ones you've mentioned, um, the, if we're all just careful. Most of right. them can stay open. Right. The stores and, and are we, fine, and, you know, I mean, as long as you're – there's so many things that you can do. You just can't have – you can't have big parties and – have everybody breathing on each other. Well, listen, the, we won't talk about coronavirus now because I want to talk about where light comes and goes. This is a, a, a very a fun book. I love that it is a science medical book, but it takes place in the Grand Canyon, a clinic in the Grand Canyon and in Yellowstone. And the heroine of the story is a female doctor who's very unsure of herself. So uh, let's start with the beginning of um, what prompted you to set it in Grand Canyon and Yellowstone. And uh, obviously, you're, you want to promote women, I'm sure. But give us some background on how the concept came to be. Well, actually, um, the hospital that I worked at in Phoenix um, for most of my career was linked with the clinic at the Grand Canyon. There is a medical clinic on the south rim of the Grand Canyon that has been there for decades. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, Whoa, I, I didn't I, realize that. I bet you yeah, they see a lot of crazy, crazy things come in. Oh, my, yes. Um, so it's basically rural medicine, but it also has the unusual international aspect of medicine, too, because there are so many people visiting from so many different countries. And, um, of course, the summer is tremendous with heat-related illness, heat stroke, heat exhaustion, and people, you know, these are wonderful, beautiful parks. I love the outdoors. I love our national park system. Um, but they are also very dangerous places. And I was just going to really say that. I mean, do people fall over the canyon cliffs? I'm sure they Always. must. Always. Yes. You know, a year or two ago, I think there was a, a really large number of people who had fatal fall. And people will go beyond the barricades, those fences, 
that mark right. off where the footing is unstable and people are determined to get around those fences so they can get the photo of a lifetime. And Except for that, the end a, of their lifetime. It did. It did. And, and people have just, you know, stumbled and you just have to be incredibly careful. We cannot put a guardrail around the entire Grand Canyon. It's impossible. And there's warning signs everywhere. And then the heat injury, people die of, of heat stroke also all the time because they go off in the summer and you don't realize that the bottom of the canyon is about the same temperature as it is in Phoenix. And the the rim up on top is at around 7,000 plus feet. It's cold. And so it's it can colder. be much cooler. It's more like a mountain, even though it's flat, looks flat. Um, but once you get down inside, it can be 110 down at the river. And so summer. if you don't have water with you and the right supplies, heat stroke can come in. Right. And, and it's not like there is a phone or a first aid station every few blocks. Well, and there's probably not cell service either, even to get help, is there? Not not reliably. They, they do have people who patrol. There are rangers who patrol. There are volunteers who patrol. And they are on the lookout. They carry extra water. But there's millions of people who visit these parks, and people will go off the trail sometimes, too. If you go off the trail and get lost or get injured or run out of water, there's you're on your own. And, That's, and so that is, people don't realize how frightening that is. I mean, people don't realize the danger that they're in. They're thinking it's a park and they're going to be okay, but it's yeah, not. All they would have to do is read the signs. Right, exactly. But, <laughs> but who reads the signs, right, Sandra? I mean, oh, heck, you're on vacation. Right. Nothing can happen to me. I'm the invincible person. Well, listen, yes, and, I and, speak. And, go ahead. No, just, I was just, so these are beautiful, incredible places. And if you enjoy the, the history of our planet and universe at all. The Grand Canyon is, is just like an open book, literally, with the layers. It's the most amazing place. It's one of the wonders of the world. It's just right there in front of your eyes. And getting back to your original question, a lot of the doctors who I taught when I was in academic medicine in Phoenix did go up and practice, and they would spend a month at a time doing a rotation up at the Grand Canyon Clinic. And some of them would go up and actually work there for months or even years. It was considered, you know, a bit of a plum of a job for a while. It's also exhausting. I was going to say, um, so, it, must be really, it must be tough because you don't have all the services that you would have back in Phoenix, for example, or in a major metropolitan area. And you have to probably kind of uh, MacGyver a few things. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. The, cl the closest city with intensive care with the emergency room services is Flagstaff, which is 70 miles away. And, and that's why so the helicopters, right? That's why you have to have helicopters. That's why they have helicopters. They can, people can be sent by ground ambulance if it's not an emergency. But it's, it's just an incredible setting. So I have talked to many, many people who, many, many physicians who have worked up there. Um, and and you hear their stories, and so it just makes a very rich, very rich topics. Uh, yeah, to and exciting, to and it's exciting for a book. Well, let me this particular book, where light comes and goes, by Sandra Cavallo Miller, uh, takes place mostly in Yellowstone. And one of the underlying themes that you bring up about how Yellowstone is well, I guess I should say one of your 
characters brings up all the time about how Yellowstone is overdue for an eruption. And it's possible, you know, it's just possible that it could happen at any time and obliterate everyone. But um, now that, that idea of it being ready to explode, that isn't actually accurate, is it? I mean, I was reading up on Yellowstone and I was finding out that um, actually volcanoes don't work in predictable ways and their eruptions don't follow predictable schedules. So the math doesn't seem that it would be like overdue. It might be a hundred thousand years or something. Yeah, nobody knows. I mean, people yeah, have said that it's overdue. The last eruption was a little over 600,000 years ago. Right. And th- that was a, a massive eruption. And no, But nobody knows when the next one will come, when, when the seismographs get busy, and when everything starts shifting around up there. People think maybe this is it, and then it quiets down again. Some people predict that it may not happen again for a very long time, if ever. Other people say, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in this but particular it, book, it's during one of those busy spells where there's a lot of activity. A lot of activity. So, yeah. yeah, that was exciting. And one of the things that you have in the book is that, you know, again, and I think Yellowstone is beautiful as well, but is that like going around Old Faithful or... Many of the lava flows, there are boardwalks. But in the book, you have um, some boardwalks that actually disappear overnight, collapse into the into the lava or the bubbling, you know, the bubbling pots. Has does that happen? Have you had? Uh, has that has that happened? It, it has happened. But have people been on it, or was it usually no, at a time? Not, not that I, yeah, not that I know of. Not recently. Um, I don't think the, the injuries to people and the deaths to people in Yellowstone have mostly been through carelessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a clinic the actually line. in Yellowstone? Because this was fascinating. I mean, I can't imagine just arriving and having this small clinic and then meeting your um, meeting Marcus and Jim. I mean, they seem like two complete opposite people. Yes. So. So fun. I want to know what your care who who'd you base your characters on? I mean, who is um Abby based on you? Um is Dr. Pepper based on somebody you know or your husband or tell us about that. Most of my characters are based on conglomerates of people. People are complicated and anyone who's been around people very much and worked with very many people knows that we're all pretty complicated. We all have our strengths and flaws. And you could pretty much pick and choose your combinations of those traits, I think, to make interesting characters. And so what, that's, well, how that's did what you I go do. about, because, all right, since it's a compendium of people, um, your characters, how did you go about putting them together? So Marcus, I just loved Marcus. He, he, I would have loved him to be my uh, best friend. He just seemed, he was just so happy-go-lucky. It didn't seem like anything riled him. Um, I loved the, the, how you described his clothes on a constant basis, you know, the lime green and the checks and the straw. I mean, he just seemed like he was confident in who he was. Although then we, we find out that, you know, he has some insecurities of some things 
So how how did you decide to put together like Marcus or Priscilla, who's your, you know, the sexy bombshell assistant who really wants to get toward, she wants a doctor as a, as a, either a boyfriend or a husband. There's no doubt, right? She's, she's right. ready for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how did you put them together? You took parts of, of a character that you've seen or known or worked with and then just mixed them up? I, actually, that's, that pretty much describes it. I don't, I don't really have a better way to say how it happens. You start thinking about a character that you want someone with certain traits and then you fill them out mm-hmm. as you go. And sometimes characters take on a life of their own. You find out that they had a path that you hadn't really planned. And uh, that's what makes writing a novel so much fun. You have room to roam a little bit. And so- sometimes it does take unexpected turns. That said, I think it helps me, right, because I know really where the story is going to go, which keeps it focused, which keeps it from wandering too much. You don't want to have a lot of dead ends in a novel, uh, ideas that you start but then let drift and you never finish. Um, you know, people are just fascinating. Some You put your finger right on it. Some people who seem happy and simple actually have deep problems. Really complicated, some, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody thought Abby had it all together. Nobody really realized she was filled with anxiety and not feeling good enough and, you know, all of these things. And and I think that's such a, that is such a truism, Sandra, is especially when you meet a doctor or lawyer or somebody who's professional and has worked so hard to get to the position they are in life, it is just sort of natural to think, oh, they must have it all together. (laughs) You know, they must have it all. But you you never know what goes on in people's mind. And you deal, you talk a lot about mental illness and things in your book, where light, um, where light comes and goes. For example, Turbo. Now, he was a scary character. Have you ever encountered anybody like him? Oh, you see, in medicine, you see people who have some serious mental illness almost every day, especially in family medicine. It's estimated that, oh, at least 10 to 20 percent of visits are significantly impacted by the patient's mental health. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's more minor. Sometimes it's very serious, like Turbo. There's, there are a lot of people who are barely getting by. They're functioning, but barely. And, well, I have a question and, then about, about that, and especially with Turbo, because from the first time I met him when he kept, you know, when he called Abby medicine woman and he said, I like you, and he was always in a hurry and he was so fidgety and he's like, they're going to be sorry and all this I was wondering, I mean, he made, he creeped me out from the get go and she was so kind to him and always treated him with respect and gave him plenty of time and all of that. But as a physician, if you meet somebody who seems on the edge, do you have any responsibility to report them or is there that doctor patient confidentiality that you can't, I mean, because they really could injure somebody. I mean, he kept threatening that he was going to do something, but he didn't say what he was going to do. I mean, and he wouldn't tell anybody. Right. So what, right. as a and physician, she, what do you do? If, if you can determine that a person is truly dangerous, either to themselves or others, either suicidal or homicidal, then yes, you do have an obligation to report that to authorities. 
and and you can you know get people involved who make sure that that happens um, that maybe they are detained for a little while and Turbo was on the edge of that she even mm-hmm. did call a psychiatrist that she knew and ran the case by him. What should I do? How much should I worry? And he agreed that people who have these paranoid disorders often live like this all their lives. They're they're paranoid. They feel like something, somebody is following them, watching them, that they have to do something. And they just kind of hover on the fringes of society. Um, and actually, most of them never do anything terrible or alarming, but some do. And it's, it's, it's very difficult. And that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of anxiety in physicians, because you're constantly trying to decide what, what, what is important, what, what is important, what can be watched. And, well, you know, the one thing that doctors worry about the most is missing something or making a mistake because, you know, it's not like you can just say, oh, next time I'll fix it and I'll do this. No, it, it can have very serious consequences if you miss something. And, I, and that feeds into anxiety. Yeah, I am sure that feeds into one of the things that I was so impressed with. You dealt with a lot of different diseases and illnesses, you know, in this, even shingles and encephalitis and this brucell. What is it? Brucell. The thing that the <laughs> brucellosis. bison. Brucellosis. Yeah. I had never heard of that, but I mean, it, how it, that is just that it was so impressive that when you are a physician, I guess you have you see so many different things. Uh, how do you determine what? I mean, I guess you have to eliminate, right? You just keep eliminating right. until you find what what uh, the diagnosis is. Right, and I I try to kind of show what that process is like a little bit, like. Mm-hmm. How do you create this differential? Well, like, could it be this? Could it be that? How do I, how do I figure that out? And, and you call other people and you run it by your colleagues and, and you do a few tests. You try not to test for everything because that could cost literally tens of thousands of dollars. And so you, and the more experience you have, the better hunches you get, but sometimes it's only a hunch and sometimes you're wrong. And so it, it's always walking a tightrope to try to figure out what's going on in somebody who you can't quite figure out and, and, and get help. Now, she, now, Abby, in this case, is in a temporary clinic. You know, it's more like... Just for the summer, care. right. Right. So in this case, she's not going to be working with people for months like, like you would in a, in a more ordinary practice. Um, but sometimes you don't get that luxury. Sometimes you get one chance and if you miss it, then it can be really bad. And that has to be, that has to weigh on a, a, a physician's morale and heart and soul too, because your, you know, your job and what you want to do is heal people. You want to take care of people. You, you want to do no harm. And so that has to be, that has to add to the anxiety. Well, your book is filled with adventure and there's like mystery around every corner. But I think the heart that I was so impressed with where light comes and goes is the relationships that were developed between the locals and with these, what I thought were sort of outcast kind of characters, you know, Jem and Marcus and Abby, they just seemed so, so different. And then you throw in, William and um, 
Oh, and that horrible Wrigley. Oh my gosh, she talk about a sleaze bag. That was well. You, know, you, you I like created a very good that, you know, sleaze bag. <laughs> yeah, I like to point out that women physicians face all kinds of harassment. Also, um, they are not immune to it at all, and it comes from many directions. It can come from colleagues. It can come from patients. It can come from everyone, and it's a it's a real problem. That's really. I'm really glad that you brought that out. Well, I want to uh, give out your website. It's skepticalword.com. She's also available Twitter at MillerMDWrites. The name of Sandra Cavallo Miller's book is Where Light Comes and Goes. And this is her second novel. And I'm sure, are you working on a new one right now? Um, The third one in this series right now, it's a trilogy, will be published next May. Oh, that's so exciting. Now, where is this one? Where are we going? So we, you've had well, Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, or can you say? No, no, we're back at the Grand Canyon. Oh, you're back at the Grand Canyon. Okay, so but so Pepper and Allie are there, and now Marcus is there. And so we're going to have some that's of right. our, our the, the wonderful characters that uh, <laughs> that you have developed. Well, yeah, there's this a couple was, of new characters, too. We, well, I, I imagine that the, uh, the adventure continues, the excitement continues, and more about medicine. And it's really interesting to read a book that is science-based. And this I really liked that, especially in these times, Sandra, where you know we're dealing with somebody who doesn't believe in science at all. <laughs> and so this having this medical and the science was really terrific. So readers and listeners, visit skepticalword.com. The book is Where Light Comes and Goes. Do you want to just give a final wrap-up about your book, Sandra? Um, It's just, I really have so much fun writing these books and showing, I like showing physicians and medicine in the context of sort of the everyday world rather than having it all be in the hospital because most people actually don't end up in the hospital. Most people are in an outpatient setting and I just like weaving it all together. I can't leave out the awe of our planet and our universe. That's so important to me. And I like a playful plot, and I think humor is important. But mostly I try to show professional women who are always moving forward. You know, they're carrying on and living a meaningful life and dealing with their flaws and setbacks just like we all have. And you've accomplished that. And that's what I love is the interweaving and the melding of nature, the beauty of our magnificent planet, the geology, and as you said, uh, smart women doing what they can to make themselves better and make our world a better place. And you, um, you hit it. You hit it right on the nose. So the book is Where oh, Light Comes and Goes. Sandra, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and also corresponding with you. I've enjoyed it immensely. So thank you so much for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And best of success uh, for your next one. We'll be looking forward to that coming out in May, everyone. So again, make sure to go to her website or find her on Twitter. Skepticalword.com is the website. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about the long the long shadow of the pandemic and how we may not be back to normal until 20. 20- 
24 or maybe even beyond. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Back in a bit. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. We live in a high-tech world where personal time sometimes feels non-existent. In order to lead the pack, you have to first take care of you, the leader of your life. Even when you are an employee, you are always self-employed. Take pride in your work. Take a mini vacation to rejuvenate your spirit. Find a focus partner. Share your business strengths and weaknesses. Create relationships of trust by doing what you say you will do, following up, and getting back to people in a timely manner. Write a personal mission statement and live it daily. Upgrade your integrity quotient and be proactive in staying healthy. Increase your skills by reading, writing, and communicating. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Brian with an I, CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. And we are back. I hope you loved that interview. You will love the book, especially if you are um, a nature person, as I am. I really love being out and you know, I've been, I'm sure you've probably been to the Grand Canyon and Yellowstone, and they're such amazing places. I actually love the Grand Tetons, too. So this is, it's so, um, it, it, the book was just really a, a wonderful jaunt and really powerful women in it. And that's what's exciting, who are on their path. So that book is where light comes and goes. Well, um, last March, as COVID-19 lockdowns were coming into force in Europe, um, this a seismologist, Thomas 
uh, Le Coq of the Royal Observatory of Belgium noticed that the Earth was suddenly stiller. And every day as humans operate our factories and drive our cars and even simply walk on our sidewalks, we actually rattle the planet. And incredibly, these rattles can be detected as if they were, you know, um, infinitesimal earthquakes. So we have to be really, we have to be um, so astute at listening. And interestingly, when the pandemic, it, it actually all stopped. Yeah. So other steps also pointed to a changing world. Last spring, many videos went viral of wild animals and goats and crocodiles and leopards and even elephants wandering streets that were devoid of traffic. Now, while the rest of the natural world reasserted itself, however, we humans continued to suffer. So we reshaped our way of life to slow the spread of the virus, but our interventions have only been able to mitigate, obviously, and not stop the pandemic. And once the SARS-CoV-2 virus had established itself in our species after emerging in China in November of 2019, the outcome was inevitable. It would spread across the whole planet and linger among us forever. Now, we have to hope for a vaccine that will save us, but right now it's not going to give us an early exit. A vaccine will probably not be widely deployed before... um, I don't know. Nobody really knows. It could be next year, next spring, or maybe the next fall. But either way, with a good vaccine um, or without one, Americans will live in an acutely changed world at least until 2022. We need to wear masks. We need to avoid crowded places. We need to limit travel. And that is if you wish to avoid getting or spreading the virus. And this is just the immediate pandemic period, because what experts are saying is that for some time after we reach either herd immunity or have a widely distributed vaccine, people will still be recovering from the overall clinical, psychological, social and economic shock of the pandemic. And the adjustments is going to probably take us until 2024. This is going to be a lingering response. It's typical of past serious epidemics, and it is, um, it's, it's going to happen. Then gradually things will return to what, quote, unquote, is normal. So maybe not really normal, but we are really still several years away from what we're going to call a new normal. Around 2024, experts predict post-pandemic period will begin. And many personal attitudes and practices at home and at work, they're going to have to change as the first wave of the pandemic, um, you know, the first wave struck us and now the second wave and now we're going to go into a third wave. Millions of people sheltered and they work from home and they adjusted the rhythm of their lives. And probably that is going to have to continue. Um, Industries where it was a little bit more difficult for industries to recover. And the worse the pandemic gets, the more people are going to expect from the state. So if the Roaring Twenties follow the 1918 pandemic as a guide, the increased religious and the um, abstinence, you know, they remember there was the whole there was the whole ban on alcohol. 
that followed um, followed the pandemic, and then it could give way to increased expressions of risk taking, intemperance, joie de vivre in a post pandemic period, and people will relentlessly seek opportunities for social mixing on a larger scale at, at sporting events, concerts, and rallies. And the worse the pandemic gets, more people will expect more from themselves, from others, and from the state. And as history plainly shows, after such widespread devastation, people often feel not only renewed sense of purpose, but a renewed sense of possibility. So again, I just want to reiterate to please wear your mask, make sure that you social distance and um, wash your hands and stay at home when you can. And also today is Veterans Day. I want to give a, a shout out of gratitude to all the men and women in our armed forces who keep us safe, who have sacrificed so much. Saying thank you is not enough, but just know that we do appreciate you. We see you. We hear you. And we want you to be safe and healthy as well. And it has to be a very hard time for deployed people who cannot go home to see their loved ones because of the pandemic. So that's our show for today. Thank you so much for being great listeners, allowing me to be with you every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific for Wednesdays with writers and entertainers, part of our pandemic series. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or to get any of the books that I've written, please visit CynthiaBryan.com to make a donation to the charity. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of, of being. Cherish the past. Dream of the future. But celebrate each moment of your life, but celebrate it social distancing. Read a book this week and consider reading the book by Sandra Cavallo Miller, Where Light Comes and Goes. And until next week, when we are all together and we celebrate again, remember this, love always wins, kindness always prevails, smiles keep us happy. Reach out and comfort someone. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style thanking you and encouraging you to be your unapologetically authentic self. Go out into the world, be the star you are, and keep on smiling. Be the star you are, the star you been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.